And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a night of good pitching performances on which seven was the lucky number. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Wednesday, September 1st. Final month of the MLB regular season is upon us. And Xander Bogarts uh, is going to miss at least the beginning of that final month. He exited against Tampa due to a positive COVID test, the sixth player on the Red Sox to test positive since Friday. Lance Lynn always also going to miss the start of September. He is on the aisle with knee inflammation. His teammate Lucas Giolito, Ozzy Albies, and George Springer all leaving their respective games on Tuesday early with injury. Guess what? Guess who has all three of them on his home league team? That's right. Your main man Mike here does. Giolito, hamstring tightness be evaluated on Wednesday. Albies carted off the field after fouling a ball off his knee. X-rays negative. Braves are calling him day-to-day George Springer. Uh, the Blue Jays are saying this is a precaution, but it's a knee again. And obviously, Springer has dealt with injuries since the very beginning of the season. So, you know, we'll actually see if it's a precaution in the coming days. Nate Pearson will be recalled and start on Wednesday, or uh, not start on Wednesday, but he'll likely to work as a reliever. He'll be back with the team on Wednesday. The Blue Jays also signed Gregory Polanco to a minor league deal. Adalberto Mondesi worked out with the team on Tuesday, could be activated on Wednesday, Zach Greinke uh, was placed on the COVID IL. He was expected to start this weekend. That's not going to happen. Johnny Cueto activated from the COVID IL and started on Tuesday. Tristan McKenzie expected to be activated and start on Thursday against Kansas City. Luke Weaver, who? Yeah, Luke Weaver. He's back. He could uh, be. He will start on Wednesday against the Padres. Brian Hayes did not play because of a hand issue on Tuesday. Hunter Renfro returned from the bereavement list. Uh, Minnesota is re- has recalled Joe Ryan. He will start against the Cubs on Wednesday, and we'll talk about him when we get to the streamer section of the show. Victor Robles, we are very, very sorry. Derek Van Riper, wherever you are in Northern California, optioned to AAA Rochester. So the uh, Robles mostly down season continues and maybe has hit rock bottom. Uh, looking at the closer situation, Rowan Wick gets his first save of the year for the Cubs against Minnesota. Zach Britton will undergo surgery to remove a bone chip. Uh, also going to have his UCL looked at, so really not any good news there. And Toronto designating Brad Hand for assignment. Al, if you are clo- or if your closer needy, if your save's needy, are you thinking about Wick at all after seeing him get that save? 
Uh, I'm I'm not. Uh, it is an interesting move just because he profiled as somebody who, if he had been healthy all year, would have been, uh, I think, a bigger part of this uh, picture late in the season for the Cubs. As it stands right now, I think it's a situation to watch, see if maybe he picks up more opportunities should the Cubs give them to him. But uh, I, I think it could be a save-sharing situation there, which really kind of ruins the value for everybody. Yeah, I think it's certainly going to be a save-sharing situation and a team that we're not expecting to win very many games uh, down the rest of the season. Let's talk about the Tuesday standouts. Blake Snell went seven no-hit innings, ultimately didn't give up any runs, walked two, struck out ten, threw 107 pitches. I I mean, Al, Blake Snell up and down, up and down, up and down all year, and for his profile, more down than up probably, but how are you feeling after this performance? Well, gosh, lately it's been up, up, up. (laughs) It's been an incredible turnaround for Blake Snell. So I don't know that there's anything actionable here other than if um, you have still been being cautious with Snell. I think it's definitely green light time in all formats to just stick him in your rotation, keep him there regardless of matchup. But uh, yeah, just a, a spectacular performance. Yeah, definitely. And you say Kikuchi, another good performance as well. Seven innings, no runs, four hits, two walks, and four Ks against the Astros. That is a degree of difficulty matchup, and Kikuchi shined, and it's been a really, really nice season for him as well. Zach Plesak coming back with a nice start against the Royals. Seven shutout innings, two hits, didn't walk anyone, and struck out seven. He's someone who we've talked about as you know, maybe you had to take things a little easy with after getting knocked around, but is he back inside a circle of trust for you, Al? To the degree that I do think he's streamable now at this point. Uh, He's had three good starts uh, recently, just in the last couple of weeks. This one, of course, against the Royals in Kansas City, and then also a couple of good starts, one against the Rangers, one against the Tigers. So of his recent uh, starts, I think those have probably been the most favorable matchups. So you can maybe call it a trend and uh, roll with Plesak when the, the, uh, the matchup merits it. I mean, it's still a major upgrade from where we saw Plesak before that we could talk about him comfortably as a streamer. And maybe he's not quite at the high he once was, but also probably not the low either. Keegan Aiken uh, had a nice little outing against the Blue Jays. Five innings, gave up one run on two hits, walked three, struck out five. Start before that, a good one against the Angels in which he went seven innings, seven innings gave up one run, struck out six. How are you treating Keegan Aiken going forward? Well, maybe just, uh, you know, watch one more time for him to see. And I know that, you know, I'm not going to be able to say that for much longer because uh, <laughs> the season is running out of time. To an end, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very interesting that Aikens had two really good starts in a row. And uh, this one uh, against, obviously, a very, very tough competitor. So uh, he lines up uh, again to, to face the Royals next week. Uh, but then, yeah, if he gets a second start, it looks like he would. He gets the Blue Jays again. I'm not quite uh, at a level with trust mm-hmm. with Keegan Egan to really trust him with those two. In a daily league, I, I might roll him out against the Royals. But I think for me, it's a wait-and-see week to see if maybe he's a pickup uh, for the week after that. All right, well, how about Jordan Lyles? Where does he fit into this picture? Went six and two-thirds against Colorado. Gave up three runs on three solo homers. Uh, those were three of the six hits that he allowed. Seven Ks and one walk. Where does he fit into the picture, Al? Well, I think the the only takeaway here, at least for me, is just that uh, you can really kind of uh, expand the line pretty far. I feel bad saying this, kind of 
not a nice thing to say, but it can expand the line pretty far in terms of who you can start against the Rockies when they're on the road. Yep. Uh, because it was something that I had highlighted in um, next week in fantasy baseball heading into this week. I think we've even talked a bit on the show recently. And Jordan Lyles was a name that I did not raise in, on either platform. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't mean anything, but I think at least it gives you some food for thought as to um, when teams face the Rockies when they're on the road, you know, can you maybe just stretch it a little bit and give somebody a start that you wouldn't think of otherwise? Maybe you can stream just about anybody against that team when they are away from Coors. On the other side of that game, Austin Gomber did not have the best of nights. Four and a third, gave up four runs, walked six, struck out two, and it's been ugly for him for a while now, Al. Really, the entire month of August was not good. An ERA above seven and a half across 25 innings. Are we staying away from him for the time being? I think we are. Uh, you know, I was good with him against the start, largely because of the matchup, but also because I looked at some of those peripherals for Gomber, and they didn't look so bad. But one that really stands out for me is a 13.6% barrel rate. That's barrels per batted ball event uh, for that month of August. So giving up seven home runs over 25 innings, those are both really, really ugly ratios. And Gomber doesn't have, you know, such the level of of swing and miss stuff that you can disregard that. So, yeah, I think it's time to, to sit Gomber for for a while. Let's talk about hitter standouts from Tuesday. Ahmed Rosario went five for five with a pair of homers against the Royals. Uh, it's been, you know, for a guy who started the season, I mean, in the minors and, you know, logging behind Andres Jimenez, it's been a really nice season long turnaround from that point from Rosario. It absolutely has. And I've been a little slow to come around on him, but uh, showing some consistency, obviously a big game here, not expecting a whole lot of multiple homer games over the last few weeks, but uh, there's enough there, I think, to to merit consideration in 12-teamers. Matt Chapman also going yard twice on Tuesday. That gives him 23 on the season. Nothing really actionable with Matt Chapman, right? He's already on a team in every single league, and you know we sort of know what he is, but good to see him. Uh, even when he's been up and down this season, the power has mostly been there for him at quite the exact degree that it, we expected it coming into the season, but 23 homers to kick off the final month of the season. Uh, that's about where we expect Matt Chapman to be uh, in a normal year, so good to see that. Robbie Grossman going two for four with his 20th home run of the season against the Royals. Uh, it's been an interesting year for him in that the batting average, a little ugly, but he's done everything else, and I don't think any of us expected to say that about Robbie Grossman at the start of the year. Yeah, I would love to say that I saw this and called it or something, <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely did not see this coming for Robbie Grossman. So just raises some interesting questions about uh, how we look at him for 2022. Uh, and, you know, we've got another month of data to collect here to see <laughs> see uh, how that answer shapes up. But, uh, yeah, I, he's going to be in some discussions going into next season that I did not expect him to be in, uh, you know, going back four or five months ago. Yeah, very interesting. 20 homers, 15 steals, 70 runs, and 58 RBI. We could play the arbitrary endpoint game. I don't have exactly who's in that group off the top of my head, but I bet it's a pretty impressive group, and Robbie Grossman is among them as well. Derek Hill also uh, going yard against the Royals, his third homer of the season, also his second double, three for five. Someone we've talked about uh, quite a bit in this space for the level of player that he is. It's just, I think, driving home, Al, that there is some value in Derek Hill in September. So, so long as he can stay on the field. Now, I agree. And something too to uh, just to keep 
keep tabs on in uh, daily leagues is that he has been leading off against left-handed pitchers, not necessarily every game, but he did in this one, uh, has been doing with some frequency. So uh, some appeal in daily leagues where you could stream him, get those uh, extra plate appearances. And uh, you do have that, as we've talked about, and you allude to that, we've talked about the power speed potential there. So there's a lot to like. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Wednesday Streamers is where we go next, Al. A decent group. Let's get right to them. Kyle Freeland is at the Rangers. Joe Ryan, as we talked about, getting recalled for the Twins, and he gets to start today against the Cubs. Jake Odorizzi, nice little matchup with the Mariners. Willie Peralta dealing with a blister, but still expected to start against the A's. Brett Anderson, a tough matchup in San Francisco against the Giants. Drew Rasmussen, also a tough matchup. He's at home, but he gets the Red Sox, and Zach Thompson is in New York against the Mets, where he's going to see some sort of thumbs up or thumbs down. We're not exactly sure what just yet. Does he get a thumbs Thumbs up, thumbs down for you. Who does get a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you on the stream, Al? Well, Kyle Freeland's the obvious one. We've been banging that drum on this show for quite a few weeks now. And at Texas, uh, even if it wasn't going so well for for Freeland, uh, it'd be hard to pass that one up. So he's the obvious streamer if you can stream him. And he's still out there in tons of leagues. Uh, Jake Odorizzi probably next on the list for me at Seattle. We've talked a lot about how that's a great matchup. So Odorizzi is generally taking advantage of good matchups. And then I think beyond that, I'd be willing to give Joe Ryan a try. Uh, you alluded to his call up earlier in the show. Really nice season in the minors, an acquisition in the uh, Nelson Cruz deal with the Rays, uh, and a good matchup against the Cubs. And uh, then as far as Peralta, Anderson, Rasmussen, all pitchers, I'd be happy to stream in other situations. But when you have good alternatives, mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to take the risk with those three, with uh, each of them having a tough matchup. Zach Thompson also, good matchup against the Mets, but I'll, I'll pass given the alternatives. Yeah, I think that all makes sense. And Kyle Freeland, go get him. He can really help you in September, even when he's not facing the Rangers in Texas. Let's wrap things up with our prospect spotlight, Al. A couple of guys to take a look at here. First, 
Riley Green having himself a very nice season across a couple of levels. Uh, started the year at Double A Erie, hit 298 with 16 homers and 12 steals. He's moved up recently to Triple A Toledo, 267, two homers, one steal in 12 games there. Striking out a lot, but also getting on base. And I think someone who we are going to see maybe right from the jump next season. I would think so, or very, very early on. I think he'll be one of these players that, you know, if he's not up with the team right away, it's going to be, you know, when Super 2. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, service really, time uh, shenanigan garbage. Exactly. It's it's a part of the discussion in April and May, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, Green just putting up great numbers as a 20-year-old in the upper minors. So uh, definitely a name to, to tuck away if you haven't done so already. Yeah. Matthew Liberatore, the other guy to talk about here. Um, he's been very good of late. Uh, over his last 21 innings, he has 20 Ks against his three walks and a 257 ERA. It shows a guy who's growing at the AAA level because for the full season, he's at a 456 ERA with 90 Ks and 22 walks in 92 and two thirds innings. So good to see his best work coming recently. And Katie Wu, our Cardinals beat writer in a recent mailbag, said that Liberatore a long shot for a September call-up, but still on the Cardinals' radar. If he gets that call-up, are you at all interested in him? Uh, probably, although you know, I would have some interest because I think there's some possibility. I mean, it's not really the strongest back of the rotation, and uh, depending on their situation, maybe if they fall out of the race and they, mm-hmm. they just want to see what Libertari's got. Um, yeah, I, I think he's intriguing. Deep league only, obviously, in redraft leagues, but uh, yeah, definitely some appeal there. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Athletics Fantasy Baseball in 15. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We absolutely love it, and we love it when you join us and listen in as well. We hope you'll do so on Thursday. Alan, I will be back with you. Until then, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.